Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators, a podcast for translators by translators, bringing you simple strategies to build better habits and improve your business and lifestyle. We're your hosts, Madalena sanchez Ampalo and Veronica de Michelis. Like you, we are professional translators striving to balance the challenges that come with building a career and maintaining clarity and boundaries between work and personal life. Welcome to Smart Habits for Translators. This is episode 85. And today we're excited to chat with you all about a topic that we hear about quite often in our field and also we think about a lot with all of the things that we have going on in our lives. And that is time management. I think that we can probably say that everybody has some kind of feeling about time management and how well they do or don't do with their time management. And I think it's always neat to hear what other people think as well about you know, how to manage their time well, or some like tips and tricks and hacks on managing time. Because if one thing is true, we all have, you know, as they say, the same amount of time in a day, but we all have different circumstances in our life. So I think it's an interesting topic to bring up. And I'm sure we've talked about this before on the podcast, but maybe today we'll sort of take a little bit of a different slant on it. I don't know. What do you think, Veronica, in terms of time management? I feel like there's a lot of expectations related to time management in general. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the term itself has kind of changed in the past few years, maybe, or maybe it depends on your, you know, friends and like the circle you're in and your maybe even social media consumption and the people you follow online, because it's really just about managing your time so that you are able to do what you need and want to do within a day, but it can often take on this perspective of productivity and becomes like a measure of how productive and successful you are, which it really is not. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this crazy cycle where you always are questioning your time management and your productivity and you're trying to do better and try something different. And that can become very stressful as well. It can. And I feel like that can play into our identity and yeah. how we think of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, I think I always joke, but it's true. And, and it's something I feel personally terrible about, but I'm always running from one thing to the next. And I'm like, I don't give myself enough buffer between things. Or I'll have something coming up in like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, what can I get done in five minutes? And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is awful. And I'm guilty of the same thing. And I often catch myself thinking, I've been awake and running around for five hours and I haven't like haven't given myself a moment to rest and sit down and like just just breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's oh, yeah. that's a terrible thing really. And I think our perspective and approach to time management often changes depending on kind of the season and life you're in, if profession maybe phase of your professional career, your family life. It's good to rethink and review your approach to time management every once in a while and see what works and what doesn't and what makes more sense. I agree. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about that. And I think about the hours I used to work when I didn't have kids yet. And I was just focused on work during the day. And it was terrible, the number of hours I would put in. But I mean, also because I like the work, right? So it was easy to sit there and work until, you know, like 6 or 7 p.m. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is not, (laughs) this doesn't make sense, you know? And it wasn't that I just managed my time poorly, but I just didn't manage it, period. And I just let the work sort of fill the time. And I don't think that's healthy either. Yeah, absolutely. How would you say that maybe you're 
approach to time management changes in different seasons? Because I think that that's something that we kind of know, but I don't know that I've ever heard anybody really say what that looks like. Yeah. To me, there's a clear distinction between extremely busy seasons, like right now, and like normal seasons that can seem slow. Like if you're used to just being go, go, go and doing a million things at once, then when you hit a phase where everything is just routine and normal and you have time for the things you may be abandoned for a while, it can seem slow, but in reality, it's just normal life. That's how it's supposed to be. I try to be mindful of that and notice how I feel at certain you know, times of the year and realize and kind of remind myself that this is a busy season. So my approach to time management should be different. And then when uh, the season is, is normal or slower, then it's more of a recovery phase for me. That's when I really focus on giving myself some extra time to do the things that are good for body and soul. I think I've shared it in a couple of our insiders episodes, but this year I started working with a new therapist and she reminded me of the importance of covering your baseline needs first. So that's what I really address when I'm in this kind of slower paced phase is really focusing on my baseline needs, which are, you know, sleep, nutrition, water, and anything that's kind of related to what your heart, your soul is needing, maybe family time or reading or exercise, whatever that is. So just kind of charting it out and being mindful of covering those first every day. And so in the slower seasons, I give myself more time for for that because that's my recovery. I know that. And then just focusing on more of a sort of housekeeping, not meaning, you know, not necessarily related to the house I live in, but housekeeping in terms of my work, uh, some admin tasks that maybe I had to let slip for a while if, if I was in a busy season or professional development, anything like that that I need to catch up on so that when the busy season comes, and it always does, whether it's work or personal life or both, then I know that I'm not dealing with this kind of snowball effect of having to then catch up for a long time. And during the busy season, I recently heard a great podcast on this. I think it's the Best Laid Plans podcast. They had an episode on this and she said something, the podcast host said something that I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel in a busy season. And the importance of reminding yourself that is, yes, it's very busy. It's very stressful. You feel like you have not had a moment to rest, but ask yourself how permanent this situation is. And if it's something that's temporary, what can you do to come out on the other side in one piece and not be completely like a wreck. If this situation feels permanent, what can you do to address it? What can you take off your plate to free up some mental space and some time to cover those baseline needs that maybe you're ignoring? In the busy seasons, it's really all about reprioritizing and dropping some things that either can wait or maybe are not important, or maybe you can pick up later when when you have this slower period. I feel the same way as you do about that. And also, I think that what you were saying before about your baseline needs, like nutrition and sleep and exercise and all of that, is at least, I would think, for most people, that when those busy times come, that's one of the first things to go all of those things in general. I mean, who wants to create some kind of nutritious meal at the end of the day when you're exhausted, right? Or if you think, oh my gosh, I have all these meetings today, I don't have time to work out. 
That sounds like something I would say. But I think those are the times when we probably need it the most. And that's when I think for me, at least, it becomes sort of a mental struggle. Like, I know I need to do this. And then I've made myself so busy that now I can't get to it. This sort of like resentment snowball starts to form, you know, like, oh, why, why did I do this? You know, I didn't manage my time well, or I didn't think to make time to prepare food ahead this week or whatever, you know, like those things. And I think that that is something that I have learned more than once. Those are actually the things you need in the busiest of times. And so that is, at least for me, something that I feel like only comes with planning. Because if I let it just kind of and, you know, say, oh, I'll figure it out tomorrow, whatever. It doesn't happen, you know, because it's just one more thing to do. That is a key indicator for me when I'm like letting those things go that I'm probably too busy or there's, or I'm not managing my time well, depending. But, you know, I think it's also important, like you said, personal priorities and expectations, both other people's expectations and our own expectations and commitments. We need to figure out some sort of a balance there. I think Perhaps one thing that I have seen personally is that a lot of times we are dealing with other people's like to-do list in a way, I guess you could say, right? Like a lot of the things that we do on a daily basis work-wise are for other people's goals, right? Or, you know, whether it's our clients or whether it's our colleagues or whatever, you know, answering emails often, unless it's something we need for something we're doing, many times it's for other people. And that's not a bad thing at all. But I think that knowing that it's important with time management to sort of set those boundaries. And I think Dorothea Reset talks about this in, in the episode that we did with her as well on this. And she made a very good point. And it's like, you know, One of the things that we have to think about is how much time is being consumed by other people's priorities versus our own. And I think that that's really key. When you sit back and think about it and go, yeah, I guess this is for that other person's project or that is for this other, you know, commitment that I am committed to, but it's not really my thing. And I'm not saying it should be made up of things just for you. I mean, that would be ideal, right? (laughs) But it's not that way and, and life doesn't work that way. So I kind of look at it like, you know, for example, if somebody sends me an email and they're like, can we meet about this? And I think to myself, do we really need this to be a meeting or can we just figure this out with an email or two? Or could it be a quick phone call? Like, does it have to be a meeting? Because otherwise your entire week could be filled with meetings. Mine can. And so I'm very strict about like no meetings on Mondays. And if I do take something on a Monday, it's very, very rare as well as Fridays. It's difficult to start a week already feeling like there's so much going on and then throw meetings into the mix and then you feel like you're behind. So for me personally, those are small things that I think add up. Or you may have a full week already and then somebody asks for one more thing. It's not the end of the world to say, I can get to this maybe in next week. And then they have to decide, is this still a priority or can I get this done another way or does it really need to be done or can I do it? And I think that those are you know, are small things, but I personally have found them to be helpful because it's not to say I'm any less busy, but at least I'm not pressuring myself to get every single little thing done that's asked of me. Um, So that sounds like a good segue into another topic we wanted to talk about is personal priorities versus maybe other people's expectations or maybe commitments you made and how we find balance between all of those. And I think 
One important thing to remember, especially if you find yourself facing multiple expectations and commitments and you feel torn and you feel like you're doing, like you said, you're doing everything for others or there's very little on your agenda that's just for you that the things you really want to do, you don't have time for, then I think it's a good moment to ask yourself, what are the consequences of not meeting some of these expectations? How urgent are they truly, just like you said, you know, with some maybe requests or meeting invitations or other type of things that come in, how important are they truly, how urgent are they, and what are the consequences of saying no or proposing a different timeline? And also, sometimes even if you feel very stressed and overworked, are these truly all external expectations or are some of them the expectations you place upon yourself? It's the things that you feel that you need to get done or you expect to have a certain level of productivity or time management or accomplishments. And maybe some of those are just, you know, your own expectations to yourself that are just not realistic and you need to reconsider and review those. And that again goes to reprioritizing. And also, I think, too, with that, like sometimes we demand a lot of ourselves that other people are not necessarily demanding. Yes. We think they are maybe or we feel that they are because we already demand a lot of ourselves. So by taking on what other people also need, you know, maybe it's an expectation that's external to you, but it becomes your own expectation as well. And I think we have to be careful of that. That also, you know, works on the flip side. Just because I manage my time a certain way or I prioritize certain things or I handle things a certain way doesn't mean that everybody does, right? And so I think that that's something to keep in mind because otherwise we can set poor expectations with other people too, because maybe that's the way that we work, that we operate on a daily basis. So I think that's key is to sort of take a sort of an inventory of your days as they go and say, you know, what did I do toward my own goals today, whether it's personal, professional, whatever. And that's one reason that we talk about the the planners that we like is because there is space for that type of reflection. And I admit I don't do that every day, but it is something that when I do it, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, this is really, this is really important to look at this. And, and we often just get so caught up in the day that we just don't do it. So I think that that's a cool way to think about how we manage our time too. So this is an interesting piece here. How do we know when it's time to call it a day and how do we start and end the day? I think that that's interesting to think about because like I was saying earlier, pre-child that I have, right, I was like working a ridiculous amount of time, but so was my spouse and we worked in different areas, but we still like did things together. Like that was not an issue or anything. And I, you know, we had friends and everything, but it was not the greatest management of time work-wise. It was probably too many hours working in a day. And back then, I think if you would have said to me, how do you know when it's time to call it a day? I would have not known the answer to that. Like I can no longer translate any further because I'm so tired, you know, like so that's probably what it would have been. But now, I mean, that's an interesting concept, right? I mean, I have certain things on my priority list for a week. And, and like just yesterday, I was looking at something that I had started 
the day before and I couldn't finish it. And then I was going to do it yesterday and then some things came up and I couldn't do it. So now it's on my list today. You know, like that kind of thing. It's like, how do you know when it's time to say, you know what, that's enough for today? I think that is also a mix of internal and external expectations, right? Because in the past, for me to keep pushing a task to the next day, to the next day, to the next day would give me a lot of stress. And now I'm going, you know what, I need to get the most important things done in this time that I have. It's sort of like triage, right? What is key to get done? And then also there's external factors that kind of force you to end your workday, for example, like if you've got to, you know, do something for a family member or take somebody somewhere or, you know, sometimes our bodies let us know when it's time to call it a day because they just say, you know, this is too much. And so I think if it gets to the point where you're physically are unable to keep going, I think that that's a very big sign that, you know, you might need to change something. But for me personally, I do try to get done the things that absolutely have to be done in a day. And then I have a list of things that need to be done that week and I will do my best to get to them. But, you know, things happen, things come up. I try not to get upset anymore about having to move something to the next day. And if it's something that's clearly getting moved so much that it becomes not a priority anymore, obviously you just take that off the list. But I try to be done every day by a certain time, which is not always easy. And sometimes I do have to come back and wrap up a task or two, but that's not the norm. For me, that's the exception. That's sort of how I try to think about it now. What about you? How do you know when it's time to call it a day? Yeah, very much on the same page with you. And I truly get, it's in my nature to want to finish what I started. And so when I have to transfer the task from one day to another and keep pushing it, it really bothers me. But I try not to, not to let it bother me so much because maybe it is not as important, you know, because really I prioritize, I start off my day with doing things that are really urgent or important, whether they're personal or work-related or even volunteer commitments. But if they're urgent, then I get them done first. So if the task gets pushed to the next day, it's because it was lower priority. That's just the reality. And as far as wrapping up my day, I think for me, the hard stop is when my family's back home, the kids are back from school, you know, my husband's back from work, and I would rather spend time with them than continue working. That's That really has changed for me after I had kids. And sometimes it's hard because if you're working on something that you're really excited about or you know it's important to finish it or you just want to be done with it and not have to come back to it the next day, but I try and think like every morning I try to, as I look at my schedule, to think what is the one thing that I look forward to the most at the end of the day. And then I focus on that thing. And so if I have to choose between, you know, one more task, what else can I get done in the next 15 minutes and going and enjoying that thing I was looking forward to, I'll pick, you know, pleasure over, <laughs> over work. Yeah, but I think that also comes with some hard lessons about like feeling overworked and being in very busy periods of time for a long time. But it is important to, you know, to think when is that hard stop for you? And if you don't have these kind of external motivators or internal motivators to stop, maybe set an alarm or pick that one little task. And when you're done, you're done. Just have some self-discipline about it. And in various phases of my life and professional career before and after kids, you know, some things work better. Better than others. So just kind of thinking through what would work for you in the phase that you're in right now. Yeah. 
Do you have a ritual to start your day and a wind down process that helps you with your overall time management? I do on regular days, <laughs> on very busy, <laughs> crazy days. I don't. It's more about yeah. survival, really. Yeah. But, you know, regular days, definitely. I like to start my day a certain way and end it a certain way. I really like the wind down ritual and a full focus planner. And I try to stick with it is it really does help me clear my head and leave work behind, which doesn't happen if you're in a stressful period of time. As we all know, you kind of take it with you and keep thinking about it. So that's one, one thing to work on for me is to see how I can still incorporate that and, you know, start of the day, end of the day ritual, even in a busy uh, season. Yeah, that's something that I feel like I do have a good morning routine. I don't know if I would call that a, like a startup ritual necessarily, but it kind of is. Yeah, I have breakfast with my family, my daughter goes to school, and then I take a 45 minute walk every day. And especially now when it's getting cooler, it's really nice. I have to say, come back get ready, have my, you know, meetings if I have any or get right to work. And I don't know, it just helps my day go better. I don't know that that's a startup ritual, but I do take a look at what I have going on that day and just sort of say, okay, what absolutely needs to get done? And sometimes one thing I'll do is I'll put AM or PM next to my tasks so that I don't just look at this task and start jumping from thing to thing or I'm going, okay, this needs to get done today. So maybe it's an AM task. It's a morning task, right? That's really good. Yeah, I try to do that if I can. I used to group them that way, but now I just make a mark next to them. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't have a good wind down ritual and I'd really like to do that. So maybe that's something I'll try to start doing. You know, like, We always talk about the planner, the full focus planner, at least I still use that one. And I need to probably try to get back into that because I really like how they describe the wind down ritual for your workday. And and I do think that it's very beneficial. It doesn't take that long. It can take as long as it needs to, as long as you have, right? But you're right. When it's a busy time, those things can go right out the window. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, let's stop talking about work stuff and talk about free time. (laughs) How do you manage your free time so you have more work-life clarity? What do you think about that? That's a hard one for me. It's always been a difficult one for me and it is hard right now and in a busy season that I am because that often comes with us with some feeling of guilt that you're not being productive. You're not, <laughs> you're not using your time wisely. And the only solution I found now is that for the past, and for the past couple of months, I've been trying a new planner. It's one of the Erin Condren, I think it's called a life planner. The way it's structured Each day is broken down into a kind of like three segments and you can name them and organize them as I got the blank version so I can do whatever I want with those. So I named each one, you know, personal work and appointments. And so I know that I want to fill each of these was something meaningful that needs to get done. You know, work, that's obvious, that's work commitments, priorities for that are work-related for that day, appointments, it's pretty clear as well. And then for personal, I make sure that I add not just the personal to-do list, but also what will, you know, help me fill my baseline needs for the day, including that kind of rest time and recovery. So sometimes it's a walk, sometimes it's reading, sometimes it's being outside with friends and neighbors. And that's my reminder as I go through the planner and I kind of cross off things off my list, I see, oh, I haven't done this one yet. So that's often a reminder for me to step away from my desk, call it a day and go do that thing that I said I was 
was going to do for myself. <laughs> and it's often really just, you know, being outside. I have two dogs now, so taking them on walks, playing with the kids, being outside. We have beautiful weather now in Houston as well, so we can be outside a lot and just watching the kids play, talking to friends, going on walks or bike rides, reading. That's my priority. I really think that also starting my day, it's important for me to start with some sort of movement. So I try and schedule my workouts. I still go to my Pure Bar studio and do as many of those as I can in a week. I know you are religious about that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. This is something I feel like I could always be better at. I don't rest well. Like, it's just not something I've ever done well. Even on the weekend, I have like a full agenda of stuff that I want to get done. I'm not on a schedule necessarily, like time-wise, but on a given weekend, I'll be like, okay, I want to, you know, take care of this in the in the yard. I want to do that. I want to paint this room. You know, like I just, I like getting things done and seeing the progress from it. That's very satisfying for me. But it is also a time for me to sort of do something manual that doesn't require me to be in front of a computer or thinking necessarily about work. I might be thinking about work as I'm doing that thing and maybe an idea comes to me, but it's not structured that way. And so whether I'm doing something maybe around the house or something fun, maybe I'll go to a bookstore or whatever in my free time, or maybe I'm doing something with my family, like you said. I feel like for that, I like it a little bit less structured in a way. I mean, there's always something, right? Maybe on a given weekend, there's a soccer game we need to get to or, you know, something like that. But I personally think that the way I manage my free time for more kind of a work-life clarity scenario is to not have the schedule. It's just, there's something very freeing about that. Like if our daughter goes to bed between 8.30 and 9 on a weekend, I'm not overly upset about that. Like it's just, it's pretty late for her to go to bed in general because of her age, but like I'm not going to get upset about it and it is what it is. And, you know, it feels sort of like a release of the busy week to just sort of remove the time structure from the free time. Because even sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I have a free hour. What can I get, you know, done for myself or what can I do that's like leisurely? I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm like, oh, it's only an hour. So I've got to be really careful about how I use it. Right. Or I'm like, oh, that hour's coming to an end soon. I just feel like time schedule like that for me is a little bit stressful sometimes. If it's not like a full morning or a full afternoon, I really appreciate that amount of time to feel like I've really disconnected and have that clarity. An hour is great. I mean, obviously, if you can go do something for yourself in an hour, I'm not saying don't do it. Absolutely do it. But I think that we are just the whole week, right? Running from thing to thing, task to task, commitment to commitment. So it is nice to really be able to unplug and just step away. And that is... I don't know if you call that managing your free time, but it's the way I like to do with <laughs> Enjoying, my- <laughs> also just enjoying your free time. And that yeah. sounds lovely. Yeah, exactly. Let's wrap it up with some of our favorite time management tips, techniques, tools. I feel like we shared tips all this whole time, but tools and techniques, what works for you at the moment? So why don't you start? I think personally, it's... Even though I just mentioned I don't love the structure in my time off, I do have some kind of structure. Like I'm very task oriented. So I will have a task list even on the weekend, but usually it's not related to actual professional work. It's related to maybe something around the house, which again, I, like I said, I find that very satisfying to do that kind of stuff. But 
or even errands or something like that. So I like that feeling of checking things off, but I'm not super rigid about it. So I still use my planner. You know, I use the full focus planner on the weekends, but less on the weekends than I would like normally during the week. There's a lot less on those pages on the weekends in general. And then I also use the iCalendar. Is that what it's called? The Apple version of the calendar because I share my calendar with my husband and we also have like the sports calendar is connected to it for our daughter's school. We, we use that quite a bit as well because that enables us to see like when we can schedule certain things and do certain things. That has helped a lot. And then I love Asana as well for breaking things down into tasks and projects as needed. And I find that that's a very good tool for managing things. I don't know that I would say it's a time management tool, but kind of in general, it could be. But if you think of time in a bigger, expanded you know, way of thinking about it, like in terms of a larger project, maybe a week long or something like that. Yeah. So those are the, probably the tools that I use the most. I would say I use the reminder app on my phone as well for certain things that maybe I don't want to put down as a task or it just kind of needs to get done, like call the dentist office and make an appointment, like maybe that, you know, but otherwise I think I just keep it to those tools. I am very much paper pen type of person, but digitally some things are just easier that way. I agree with you. I think for me too, this changes depending on the season. In a slower season, I'm okay with trying out maybe new tools, new apps, new ways of keeping track of to-dos and reminders and such. And I did try this year for quite a while. I tried the Todoist app. Oh yeah. I didn't like that one. I liked it okay, but I had to drop it once the busy season started because I was like, just one more digital thing that I just can't handle. I have to go back to basics. (laughs) I have to downsize here and go back to basics to pen and paper and just my true and trusted tools like Asana and some sort of paper planner. So I still love the full focus planner. I have a whole batch of them that are blank and are ready to be used, but I'm trying out the Erin Condren life planner till the end of the year. And I really like it so far. I think that one of my favorite time management tool techniques, I would say it's not really a tool, is to write down the real due dates for things. When I have my to-do list, not necessarily like for the day, but maybe for the week or all the things I need to get done within a certain period of time, they all may seem urgent in one way or another. So when I try to triage those are to really write down the real due dates. What's the real urgency here? And is it personal? Which to me often takes priority, especially if it's anything like health related or my kids' activities or school that needs to be handled pretty urgently. And what are the things that can wait if the due date allows it? So I would say that's something I do no matter if the season I'm in is a busy one or a slow one, it's just understanding the real urgency and writing it out. Yeah, that's probably a good way too to get it out of your mind and not, I mean, not that it's totally out of your mind, but I think that's, <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, cool. I like that we did this episode. I think it was good to bring this up toward the end of the year as people are thinking about how things are going to wrap up this year and starting a new one soon. But that's a wrap on today's episode. If you have any techniques or tips you'd like to share with us on time management, you can share those with us on LinkedIn or send us an email at hello at smarthabitsfortranslators.com. And as always, in a couple of days, our email subscribers will get a summary of today's episode. So if you don't receive our emails yet, you can sign up for those on our website, smarthabitsfortranslators.com.
And if you like this episode, we would love it if you shared it with your colleagues and friends and left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Talk to you soon.